introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. As the first full week of school has now wrapped up for me and some others, some people are just now starting Monday. It's another episode of Minor Wisdom. This past week, I actually was able to interview three people. So we've got a few interviews in the can. The great Lynn Murray, the wonderful leader, Amy Jordan, and this week's interview, Chuck Harris from Austin High School in Austin ISD, teaching with the legendary power couple the dragoos who also have a very informative podcast a different podcast than mine we are not competitors we are friends in this world of potting uh but i do get to interview chuck harris we had a good time at royers and round top if you've never been to royers if you are a texan if you're in central texas even or near houston you've got to hit up royers Make sure you are registering for Texas Thespians uh, Educators Conference that has opened. The Student Conference, which is in November, as most of you know, will open up on September 9th. And I'll have Amy Jordan's interview next week uh, for that. A couple of details with that. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, Facebook, all that social media stuff. After the Groner joke, uh, this week's What Fine Arts Means to Me is with former Minor Wisdom interviewer or interviewee, Miranda Richter. A couple minutes from her, a couple more minutes from her. But first, let's get to this week's Groner Joke. What's the difference between a Zippo and a Hippo? One's really heavy and the other's a little lighter. What fine arts... Education, education, means, education to me. means to me. Hello, Minor Wisdom. This is Miranda Richter, um, an alumni of the Minor Wisdom podcast, and I am here to answer the question, what an arts education means to you. So now, as an educator, I see the fine arts education in a totally different way. Previously, as a student, I, I was the sponge, and I was taking everything all in. I was passionate about my love of dance and eager to perform and share that love with an audience. Now as a fine arts educator, I see many different faucets of the education. First and foremost, I see the fine arts education to be part of a wonderful collaborative community. I see so much value in being able to be on a team or with an ensemble or to work one-on-one with another educator or um, to work one-on-one with students um, or to have the students work within each other. There's so much value in um, making sure that the sum is greater than all the parts. And there's, uh, it brings a smile to my face whenever I think of all my previous students who are um, drafting or brainstorming some creative ideas and one idea sparks another and then another and another and it's just it's a wonderful collaborative community and atmosphere that uh, that the fine arts education gets to bring and allows Um, another part of being um, 
another facet of the finance education is I see just a wonderful opportunity for kids to step away from their core classes and that they can literally stretch themselves mentally, physically, um, emotionally. And for them, it allows them to experience such a different wide range of emotions and experiences that they might not necessarily um, get in their four core classes. So, you know, our, we only have a 50 minute class period, but that 50 minutes really can just um, plant a seed in that, in that kid's day or, um, or set them off for the rest of their life to be part of a, um, a you know, be a passionate fine arts person in whatever faucet they, uh, they go into. Um, and one last thing about the fine arts education, why it's important to me, um, is that the, the students that I have continue to fuel me as a passionate fine arts person. So in other words, when I see my own students reach their potential or create something really amazing, I myself am, my cup is, you know, runs full. It's just flowing over with just like pride and love for these kids. Um, I'm a, I'm a big process person. I love to, I'm all about, it's about the journey, not always about the destination. So whether I'm seeing them brainstorm with each other or, um, or get their final product, you know, out on display before everyone, um, my cup runneth over. I mean, it's just so much, so, so filling for me as a fine arts educator to see fine arts being instilled in my students and and then being able to share it with others. That's what fine arts education means to me. Thank you, Miranda, for that. Uh, that was very kind of you to give an additional little tidbit for minor wisdom. Uh, once again, my interview with Chuck Harris took place at Royer's. They are not paying me anything, but shoot, you need to go there. I left there with pies to go because they're delicious. But just hit them up. It's a small place, so you may want to call ahead or just be patient when you show up. Um, also, speaking of patience, there are Minor Wisdom t-shirts online that I'd really love for you guys to buy. I know there's some of you out there that just don't like purple, but I do the purple because it's my sister's favorite color, um, and it's just kind of uh, something that I hope she's going to buy a lot of because of the color. Uh, anyway, I would appreciate it if you guys did that. It is not cheap. Uh, to try and travel around and get these interviews live. I'd much rather prefer a live interview than a phone interview, uh, so it helps support that. So please, please, please take a moment uh, just for a small price to, to grab one of those shirts and then uh, help support the podcast. Anyway, without further ado, the man himself, a lot of you have seen him. You may not even know who he is, but you've seen him at TTA. He will be at TTA this year, and you've seen him at Thespian Convention uh, Mr. Chuck Harris. I'll start. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up a, a, a fine arts. Um, my dad's a fine arts teacher. My dad was a band director. So we moved every. Uh, I stay. We moved every three years, whether we needed to or not. Um, <laughs> but my first exposure to theater was, of course, uh, probably at church. Okay. And then um, we moved to. Um, I was at a play in junior high, a musical. I remember the, 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 the opening song was called Being a Teen. 
And, uh, so it was, what kind of music? It was it's it like, like a, one of those throw-off high school musical yeah, okay. kind of things, yeah. you know. So we moved to Jayton, Texas, and uh, I saw that they had one-act play auditions, and so I went to audition. Of course, I was all of five foot six, 100 pounds, basically a, <laughs> a boy, and she wasn't looking for boys. She was looking for men. So, yeah. But Elwanda Hahn did not cast me in the one-act play in either of the two years that I was a high school student at um, Jayton. And then I moved to Sonora, Texas, uh, where the great Terry Mars, that's a name a lot of people will be familiar with, was our theater teacher. And um, uh, Kelly Russell had, had graduated the year before. I'm dropping names. Okay. That's yeah, what I'm no, doing, just yeah. dropping names. That's the point. Kelly Russell had graduated the year before I got there. And uh, he had, of course, they had gotten third place with the Rope Dancers, beautiful show. Um, and Mr. Mars had actors for miles, and I was... I had not had the training that they had, and of course, right. I was in plays for him, but I never did make the um, the one-act play there. So it's kind of funny that I direct them and help with them now and was never in one in yep. high school. But, um, yeah. Uh, so I always loved theater. When I went to Sol Ross, I auditioned for plays and got in and there, and went, still auditioned at Tech when I was there. Even though I was a music major, I auditioned for shows and tried to be in things as much as I could. When I first started teaching school, I, I was in a town called Dublin, which is right down the road from Stephenville, Texas, or Tarleton State University. Okay. And I made friends with a lady named Dr. Mary Jane Mingus, who encouraged me to come audition for a musical. So I was in uh, Brigadoon. I played Charlie Dalrymple in Brigadoon, and then I played um, the opening, the Imam in, uh, Imam in uh, Kismet. And then, you know, rambled around different places, and I ended up in a... Gale, Texas. If you know where that is, it's south of Lubbock. <laughs> I've been in Texas all my life, yeah. and you're through. You, I think you're just making up names. I, you know, <laughs> the, the town was the the school was Borden County High School. Okay. I was uh, teaching school there, and I was the band director. And they didn't have anybody to do the one act play, so I volunteered to do it. Uh, we did the dancers by Horton Foot and made it to area. First uh. time I'd ever directed. Then the next year we did a uh, we did Inherit the Wind and. Didn't make it out of district, but yeah. those are the breaks, right? And ended up in a town called Heiko, Texas. After that, I moved. But if you, if you lived in Gale, Texas, you would know probably why I moved. It was just nothing out there for family. Sure. or um, a lot of fans in that town, so just be careful. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I have a lot of friends that work in that town, so I'll, when I put this out there, they'll probably listen. But, no, it's a great place. It's a great school district. just wasn't for me. Right. Um, ended up in Heiko and um, – they asked me if I'd do the junior high one-act play, and I'm like, well, sure, I'll direct band, do junior yeah. high one-act play. That's fun. We won district that first year there, and then the person who was doing the play at the high school left, and so the principal comes over to the junior high and says, hey, would you do both? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. So in the first year I did the the, the high school play at, at Heiko, um, I think we were, we were the alternate advance then the next year we won district and then the third year I did it we won district and went to region and had that was a really odd day of single judge still back then yeah. we went first at regional we got best actor two all-star cast and two honorable mention and we did not advance to the state when I play meet and I was just like wow what do you got to yeah. do here yeah um, and then I kind of had a disagreement with the superintendent left there and went to go down the Houston area I actually taught in East Bernard probably know where that is See that one I know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then ended up um, teaching elementary music in Cypress Fairbanks at Matsky Elementary. Did a wonderful production of Annie Jr. there. That was a, <laughs> was a lot of fun. And then got out for five years. Yeah. Worked with some, uh, did some church work and um, 
ended up having some, ended up in East Texas and having some, I guess, family crisis I'm not going to go into, but ended up in Austin in 2011 at a charter school teaching all of their performing arts. Yeah. Um, did that for two years and just not, I didn't need to get back in an ISD. And so um, Jimmy and Natasha took a chance on me teaching uh, junior high theater at Travis Travis Science Academy in Temple. Yeah. And I got run through the ringer, man. Those kids, <laughs> there were a lot of them, and they were they did not interested in what I was bringing. So I had to really formulate the way I taught things. Right. And I spent a, I drove there from Austin for a year, and loved it. I loved working with Miss Tolleson. She's amazing, and uh, just said, yeah. you know, I can't make this drive. We had a neighbor that lives two doors down from us, <clears throat> who's an assistant principal at Leander High School, and. His wife came and knocked on the door and said, hey, there's a job open at Leander High School if you want to go apply for it. So I called him up, interviewed with the, the great Linda Major, and she hired me. Worked with her for three years as a technical director, assistant director, and then after that I was the theater director at Liberty Hill High School for two years until Billy and Andy Dragoo called yeah. me up last spring and said, hey, would you come work with us? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. So here I am. I'm yeah. a Red Dragon player, the oldest, probably the oldest theater department in the state of Texas, yep. and I'm, I couldn't be happier. It's, it is it's just the first week of school has been just a, a joy. Yeah. I'm excited about what we're gonna do. So yeah, it's kind of my background. That's cool. You, so you've been you've been kind of uh, everywhere. Yeah. I have been. I've taught in every classification. Yeah. One A through six A. What did you play? You and said you played. You were music. You, you back when you were playing. Uh, like what was your instrument? Oh, I played trombone. Okay. I had a, I had a music degree from okay. Texas Tech. The fun, here, you want a funny story when I went to Borden County? That's why we're here. I, I, I actually, my one-act play beat my high school director's one-act play from when I was a Jayton that wouldn't cast me in the plays. <laughs> so I felt a little bit of a... It's a, a little redemption A little redemption thing, there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and, and, and a couple of years ago, uh, I had the privilege of going to the state one-act play meet with our version of Picnic. Yeah. And Mr. Mars, my high school theater teacher, uh, judged us. And... Um, made me really proud when he said it was a really beautiful show and yeah. it was kind of that was one of those cool moments for me now do you think your time away helped rejuvenate you oh yeah okay yeah because i had gotten burned out yeah um because we we have similarities in that like i i was working and then or in education and then i left and i came back and i was just a different person but yeah i think yeah. i saw that i was a I had approached education the wrong way. I was obvious. Well, first of all, I was doing the wrong thing. I was teaching the wrong subject for me. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I, I'm, I had a, a kind of an epiphany on how kids work and how you work with kids, and it changed the way I did things. So it makes it a lot more joyful to go to work nowadays than it than it did back then. Uh, what were you doing wrong, besides teaching the wrong subject? What do you? I mean, what do you think you made the biggest adjustment to? Classroom management, directing, what do you think? I think I just started listening to kids more. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to, I used to, I was always right. <laughs> and uh, I think I started. I, Wait, I, can, I, can I ask your wife if that's still the case? <laughs> <laughs> she says no comment. Um, no, when it came down to things, I, I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. And so it caused a lot of uh, battles between me and students a lot of times yeah and it didn't make them miserable it made me miserable right um so when i came back to it i just started i guess i started looking at them as human beings rather than children right 
um, that they're young adults and they want to be treated like young adults. And so just the idea of respect. And, but the, the thing is, my students from the first part of my career would tell you that I did teach them things and they did remember us having a good time. And it, just, it was more the way that I, I took it. Sure. And it, it beat on me rather than, I mean, I don't think I was mean or unreasonable. Yeah, um, maybe a little too personal. Maybe it took it too personally. Maybe I took or? it too personal yeah, for me. Yeah. And, and I, I think another thing was um, I was so um, driven to be something that maybe I wasn't capable of doing. Right. And I think I think the first couple of years I taught that really hurt kids. Yeah. Um, my my competitive streak and my will at wanting to to be the best at something when they weren't quite there with me. Yeah. This is this is my life, and it, I was trying to make it theirs, and it wasn't. We were taught in small schools, and they had other things to do. And they were out playing sports. We were trying to, you know, put that together. But I think coming back to it, even, I mean, I had a class of 78, 7th and 8th graders the very first year I came back. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I don't know, started to find better ways they wouldn't, to. They wouldn't do that to a football coach. Probably not. You, yeah. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but I find it, trust to find better ways to connect with kids. Yeah. Um, trying to find uh, one of the like the project I just did through my tech kids was um, it's due on this next week um, I want to hear a soundtrack of your life mm. and basically I want to know more about them but I also want to know what kind of music they listen to sure. so we can start having those connections yeah is that uh, tech one tech one yeah. which is the hardest class in the world to teach when you <laughs> when you have limited space right oh yeah because we <laughs> share we share all of our spaces and all the advanced classes are in our theater so tech one meets in a classroom okay so yeah that's uh yeah te- w- at my school theater one is a prereq to tech one. Oh wow so i already i already know the kids yeah um they also know upstage and downstage already <laughs> so i don't have to teach that in that's the class good. but uh so i feel like i know them but that is a good project a little let yeah. them have some ownership of that we have our i have four classes of tech one with about 30 30 to 32 kids each oh wow so good for you and then our we have two tech two three four two okay. two advanced tech classes that meet on the same day what uh, your elementary time? How did that help you become a better high school oh, man, teacher? Man, I became a better teacher around the. I, I was exhausted. Those every day. kids make you a better teacher they than do. high school kids. I think. Kindergarten. Well, I always said it like this: a kindergartner is just like a freshman. They don't know anything. <laughs> and a, and a and a fifth grader is a lot like a senior. They think yeah. they know everything, but they don't really. Yeah. Um. You know. Less potty what, accidents though <laughs> in, a, in a freshman. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know when you when you have to when you have there's no break. There's no work at your desk quietly when you're teaching yes. a fine art to small children. Um, so I play the guitar. So I'd have, you know, I'd have my lesson. And if it ran short, then I'd have, you know, 15 folk songs in my pocket that I could pull out. But, <laughs> you know, you have to, you know, a first grader is not going to lie to you. They're going to say, I'm bored. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't my job to entertain them, but it was my job to engage them. And I, I think I learned a lot about engagement. Yeah. I learned a lot about um, how do we... How do we capture these kids um, and get them to do? You know, a funny thing is a lot of those kids are my friends on like Facebook and Twitter, and they they still remember. I remember when we sang this song in class because <laughs> I had to teach them. I had, we had ukuleles, right? So rather than teach them, you know, like uh, Froggy went a court, and I taught them like we don't need no education. Um, <laughs> you know, we played. Um, have you have you heard those albums that they're the lullaby, the the like it's Elton John and oh, yeah. Kiss and they do lullaby versions of those. Those are so fun. That, that's what kept me with our first daughter. That's what kept my wife and I sane was absolutely these, these 
rock and roll quote unquote albums that <laughs> were so good stuff, such good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, those. Uh, so you. So what else do you play besides trombone? Um, I mean, I can play brass instruments if I need to play the tuba or the baritone. Okay. Anything that's keyed in with the same kind of idea as the as the trombone. But um, also guitar. I play guitar. Yeah. I, I was more of a strummer. Self-taught. Yeah, I taught myself. Okay. I had friends that helped. Yeah. You helped? Oh. oh. <laughs> she, Amity, Amity married into a very musical family. Um, my daughters are both really good singers. Yeah. My son's actually a pretty good singer. They don't like to sing, but they're both pretty pretty gifted singers. Right. But, but you're um, very left-brained. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're very right-brained, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. which leads to some wonderful discussions and <laughs> misunderstandings often. So so, so then um, with your because you've kind of run the full gamut then I guess mm-hmm. from yeah. kindergarten to seniors. Yep. Um, is there any time that you will sit in a high school class and say, "Why can't you do this?" My the six-year-olds that I used to teach did this. <laughs> I say it to myself. It <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I think that for me, kids not being able to do something, if it's a, if it's a, like, they don't understand it, one thing, if they don't want to do it, like, my, my biggest issue, I think, with students today is just laziness. Yeah. I don't know that they're just not motivated, I, and, I'm, and that's one thing I really work on doing every day is how, how can I motivate every kid in this yeah. class to want to be a part of what we're doing because what we're doing is something part of something bigger. Yeah. And I realize there's some kids in my tier one classes just there to get a fine arts credit, but also want them to kind of get bit a little bit and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. So that's the challenge with a with a little kid. You know, you sing their favorite song and get them going. You know, my my job was just to wind them up and send them back to their teachers. Right. <laughs> yeah. I try to I try to calm them down, but it just wasn't going to happen. You know? Yeah, it's like being in charge of recess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, we did a lot of movement stuff, a lot of a lot of things like that. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I could say that probably. I mean, like, I think the biggest challenge elementary is just tiring. Yeah. Middle school is mentally depleting of you because you're like, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 middle school middle school breed. teachers. Let's just give a shout out to middle school teachers yeah. right now. My wife is one. And so what yeah. and what yeah. saints and and geniuses they are because I mean I, I once I get to the high school level, nah, I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm, I just it would have to be a really interesting situation and a lot of money. I think yeah. for me to go teach junior. Yeah. There high. there are. It's a whole different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have. Those kids are still just as energetic as elementary school kids, but now they're getting smart like high school kids, yeah. and it's like yeah. now yeah. you got to keep them engaged in both directions. Well, and finding finding literature and things that they can do, like especially if, if you if you teach a lot of tech theater, and you're at a junior high, I mean, yeah, there's there's very limited things we can do. What what is your biggest? What do you think is still your biggest limitation, even even after all these years, if you're reflecting on your own? Skill. I wish, wish I wish I was more organized. Okay. My organization skills. I'm like I, I, I try to make lists. I try to remember dates. Yeah. I mean, I, I put it. Then if I put it, if I never write it down, sometimes it gets stuck underneath a sure pile of papers. But yeah, I've always been a little bit absent-minded professor, I guess. Right. Um, I know what I want to do. I know what I need to do. Yeah. I just sometimes I get caught. Have you tried figuring out different ways to? alleviate that oh, issue? Oh yeah, man. I've used apps. <laughs> um, 
all kinds tattooing of dates on your. This is uh, like memento, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polaroids and stuff, yeah. That's crazy. You know, I just, I, you know, we we say that artists are sometimes that way. Yeah. Um, but I just wish, I, I wish I just had a little bit of, of skill of that. That's one thing that's really beautiful is that um, Annie Dragu, one of my coworkers, is extremely skilled. Yeah. She's very organized. She's very much. Um, she's an outstanding teacher. Yeah. Um, I, th- I find there's certain things I teach well in class, and then there's certain things that I teach a lot better in, say, a rehearsal or yeah. in a, a build. Um, and then you know, I mean, like I think all of us as theater teachers and directors, some people just excel in the classroom, and some people excel in the in the rehearsal. Yep. And so it's trying to find a balance between that. I think is my biggest. Thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I just had this conversation uh, with m- one of my bosses, but it's the the idea of you. There are people out there that can teach acting, and then there are people out there that can teach how to produce a show, right. and then there are people out there that are just really good directors but have no classroom skills. Right. Um, and it's those and it's those that have all three combined that are or, or the, can put the together legends. or can put together a team. Yeah, sure. Or that, that understand their yeah. weaknesses. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a, that's a really valid thing for me. That, that That's my, uh, my HR director at my former school district asked me, why would you want to go be an assistant yeah. down there? And I said, well, first of all, I'm a co-director. And I said, and second <laughs> of all, it's, it's, it's Austin High School. Right. I mean. Well, and also it's the, that area, uh, you, not a lot of people leave that area. They, they retire. But they don't, you know, they don't, right. they don't leave themselves. A so. lot of our, a lot of our teachers yeah. at Austin High School have been there for 10, 15, 20 yeah. years. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, and it, I think the thing about it that really struck me is um, just kind of the freedom that we have to do some shows that other, you know, we're the, yeah. or the ur- downtown urban school. Other people don't have those opportunities. Though. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, I mean, and we're right by the fine arts meccas of, of Austin. You know, the Zach Theater's right around the corner, the Long Center. Um, you know all of those places, and so. What do you think of the Long Center? I love the Long Center. I think it's. Um, I think it's. Have you been backstage? I like have been. been it's yeah. beautiful. It's got yeah. you know that full. It's got a full width on the on stage yeah. right, on yeah. wing right, and then the back the has back, a full. Yeah. 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 It's a fantastic facility. Um, yeah, it's very expensive to go. Yeah. There. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. I'm not saying if you want to rent it out or yeah, or even go see out. a show, but. We, uh, and we've done, you know, we did Greater Austin High School Musical Theater Awards there. I've, okay. I've been in um, opportunity to have two productions Gats, be nominated. Gatsuma. Gatsumata, yeah. yeah. Um, I've had two opportunity for two project productions that I was a part of at Leander High School that got okay. to perform there. So we got to see all the backstage. Yeah. And of course, I had to bring set pieces in yeah. to to do that. So, yeah, it's, it is a phenomenal facility. And uh, yeah, they pack just, it out, sell it out for that thing. That actually, actually, one of the complete sellouts they have every year is that is the, the, the musical theater award. Yeah. I just remember as a touring lighting designer, yeah. uh, not because it was home for me, Texas, but when we got to go to the Long Center, it was just that was one of the best places. It was to a go. great load in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just easy gated, which yeah. is nice. Keeps nice. fans out. Yep. No offense to fans, nice but um, <laughs> but when you're pulling up right. in New York City, right next to the theater, and you're on the street, you know, that millions of other people are currently on. Absolutely. So, uh, cool. Radio, so, Radio City Music Hall, somewhere like that? Uh, we did the, uh, what the heck, um, where the Tonys were for a while. Uh, starts with a B, now I'm absent with it. Uh, 
I'll think of it later. Yeah. I, I keep thinking of the Benedum, which is in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's which is also a famous theater, but not that's I can't well, I can't. Amity, one, one thing Amity loves is, is ballet, and so we try to go see at least um, a few ballets at the yeah. Long Center every year. Do you ever get down to Houston to see ballet? In Actually, Amity yeah. just went. Okay. To, okay. Um, what did you see? Because they do some interesting stuff now, especially since Stanton's taken over. She just saw it was a famous um, famous ballerina that came in and did some dancing back in July or you could, June. Again, you could say any name, like you said yeah. 20 minutes ago, and I'd yeah. be like, that sounds great. No, I just, I, it was like, um, <laughs> I forget who it was, but her um, her best friend lives in, um, in like, West, West U, like the university area. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, we, we actually went down a couple of years ago to see Ben Folds with the Houston Symphony. Okay. Uh, so we go yeah, down. We, we don't quite a bit. We, we have, do that. We do the Harry Potter thing. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. where they play the movie yeah. and they play the music while the movie's going on. We love that stuff. We uh, um, we haven't been to the alley yet. I want to go see a show at the alley. You've never been to the alley. I've never been to the alley. Okay. Yeah, so. that's uh, you got to get to the alley, and here come our rolls. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. We'll put them over here. Everybody can get to them in that way. Yeah. That's good stuff. So uh, you're. So you've been around. You've you've done you've done all the levels. What is something that you wish that you could go back and do with the elementary? I know you don't want to go back to middle. Oh no, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, if, if if I had like you know, we're in talking hindsight, about that. what's something you could do? Um, with elementary kids, I wish I'd have done more shows. Yeah. Um, we did you know Schoolhouse Rock Junior. It was like you know just a, it was more of a presentation than it was a show. Because yeah. mostly I was a music teacher. But I really wanted to bring those theatrical elements into things, but you know, never any money for anything. Right. We we when we we got somebody to donate foam so we could paint the New York skyline on it and cut it out and hang it in the back. You know, we, cafetorium stage. But you know, I mean, the cool thing about that was we packed the house three times for that yeah. show, and it was really neat to see those kids. That was actually um, I don't know if you were in the area at the time, but it was after the. Um, it was 2005, 2006. You might have been touring. I don't know. It was Rita. And, yeah, Rita. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, everybody left. Yeah. And that's when the, the you know, the highways clogged up and everything. Yep. So we had to make up those days. So we had a choice to make up those days by coming in doing something. Or we could do, I, I set up to do a, pr- a production. So I had the kids come after school. And that was my makeup for, for Rita. And there, you know. And so, um, yeah. So Rita. Rita, uh, that hurricane was such a tease to us over here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> After last like, year, yeah. I know other people suffered from Rita, but uh, yeah. but you know, for us, it was like this massive tease. But you know, we were so scared though of after after um, you know the one in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. That Katrina. Trina. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think everybody was just so scared. They were yeah. so gun shy. They had to. They were like, get out of town. Yeah. The thing, I lived on the northwest side of town, so I, I took back roads through Tomball, and I yeah. was able to get out, actually, while people, you know, they, their cars stopped. That was a traumatic. There's still pictures of all that up on the yeah. walls and places, you know. Yeah. So. And so here's the part where our food came. Uh, so we took a little bit of a break. Had a good conversation. Of course, things turned into discussion about wrestling, as they always do. Every time I talk with anybody, uh, wrestling comes up and then the closet gets open, the door gets knocked down, and here we are talking about wrestling. So Chuck's going to share a story from his childhood, a wrestling story. He's not a wrestling fan anymore, but his wife is. So 
Uh, here is the second part, post-delicious food at Royer's, uh, of my interview with Chuck Harris. Well, we, ate, port, we just ate wonderful wine. food, yeah. yes, and we're criticized for not eating a bigger portion. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. W- what is it that you were saying about, um, uh, oh, college, about getting out of college? Oh, yeah, well... Yeah. Um, we, we were talking a bunch of our friends' kids are taking, like, a, a gap year. And um, so I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't going to take a gap year. I couldn't wait to get out of college. I just wanted to teach school. That's, yeah. I had, the, I had the dream to be the state champions in marching band, you know. So I, was, I had to get out and get going on that. It was gonna, what was going to happen if I wasn't in the school building? So, I mean, my dad taught. My grandmother was a teacher. I'm a third-generation teacher. Um, my grandma taught English. So you knew you wanted to do that? I did, yeah. Okay. My dad tried to talk me out of it, actually. <laughs> so why don't you go be a dentist or something, makes money. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know what else I would do, Dad. It's like, either this or... Dad, dentists have a long history of being the most suicidal medical profession. And I, I said, um, you know, I, it's either this or youth ministry, and you know, which one pays better and has better benefits? Probably the school, you know? Yeah. I mean, but no, I, I knew I wanted to be in the school. I, I had watched my parents for years, you know? It's what it's what they did, so but yeah. Do you are, do you do youth ministry now or any sort of? Uh, I mean, are you I, involved? I, I I don't anymore. I did. I helped okay. with stuff. Um, I consider my my uh, my work with my students a ministry of some kind. You right. know, I'm I'm hopefully saving a lot of them from from loneliness and obscurity. You know, we try to make things very family. Very much a family. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same in your department, too. You know, the kids find a place. I used to call my, my Tech 2 class at, um, at Liberty Hill the Island of Misfit Toys, you know. <laughs> you, you've always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Dad tried to talk you out of it. He did. Uh, and so what did he think when you actually became one? Uh, he, he judged my very first band at a festival, <laughs> uh, and he gave me a two. <laughs> but he told me he said was I'm that gl- like a trying to teach you a lesson <laughs> no it was a, it was division two band it was warranted yeah, yeah. He, um, but he told me he was proud of me and uh, he said that you know he's glad that education money went somewhere um, I point my favorites um, the first year I was there we had a horrible concert season I'm, I was not a I was a good teacher I was not a great teacher um, yet I don't know that I still am I'm, I'm still yeah. I'm still learning every day um, but I remember sitting on the, the step of the, he came down to hear the band. <laughs> he would come down and do those things. And I remember sitting on the bus, the step of the bus and just being devastated that we gotten, you know, the ratings that we got. And he patted me on the shoulder and he says, you know what I see? He says, I see a bunch of kids that are having a good time. And he goes, and that's more important than any rating that you could ever get. Yeah. That's more important than any trophy you could ever win. Cause these kids will remember years from now these moments where you played red rover with them in the parking lot where you did things that weren't like other teachers do and so you know he he passed away a year ago in september and so i I posted the other day i'm kind of sad he won't get to see what i'm doing now but he's watching both my parents are deceased and i've always kind of had that uh that sort of aura about me is uh, they would be proud, but I know they are proud, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. You know, it, he saw all of my shows the first year at, at Liberty Hill. Yeah. It was a pretty good year, and I was, so I was happy he got to see Did he know what you did? Like, did he know the magnitude of what 
teaching theater is? <laughs> well, because he was a band director, it's a different magnitude. Sure, yeah. Just the, the hours are different, and they're just about as long, but, like, their weekends are every weekend, yeah. not just a show weekend, yeah. you know. So, I mean, like, I remember driving past the band hall one day and my younger daughter who's now 19 says that's where daddy lives and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow i probably need to find something else to do you know um so now i i I, we i I, you've been talking about wrestling on the podcast i got a wrestling story for you so when i was a kid i was obsessed with uh the von erics sure um and uh you know uh, they would they would wrestle these guys called the Freebirds, yeah. who were the villains. Michael Hayes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had yeah. they wore like rebel flag stuff. They were from Atlanta. They yeah. had mullets. And of course, the the Von Erichs were clean cut. Yeah. You know, God bless America, Texas yeah. boys. And they'd wrestle at this place in Dallas. Um, Fritz, their dad, owned it. And so, and I remember I was thinking like, yeah, man. And one night, my dad and I, when we lived, I was small, I was young, and we're driving through. Thank you. Um, we're driving through a part of Dallas, and I look over and I see um, I see Carrie Von Erich, and I yell at my dad. I'm like, Dad, they're the Von Erichs. And the Von Erichs were standing outside a gas station um, over a pickup truck, and on the other side of the pickup truck were the Freebirds, and they were divvying out <laughs> the cash for that night, and it destroyed me because I was like. These people are mortal enemies. What are they doing giving each other money? And it became, it's like politics for me now, you know. It's like, uh, so that, that, that was kind of a, my moment. But I did watch the wrestling show. I watched Hulk Hogan, you know, I watched all that yeah. stuff. So, and I, so, um, you know, I'd always give my students a hard time. I'm like, you know, that, you know, just to give them a hard time. I mean, those guys are athletes for sure. Well, man. we, you know, I'm going to do something this year that I've never done before, which is surprising that I've never done it before. But with my theater ones, I'm going to make them cut a wrestling promo. It, right before we do monologues. Oh, wow. And get them to do, like, that'll be their kind of intro to solo acting, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Is to just, we're going to watch a couple of, like, famous, maybe Ultimate Warrior, which is just horrible, but, um, you know, a couple of those famous things. <laughs> and even, like, the, the Dusty Rhodes plumber talk. Do it. Did you ask? No, that's, it's, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a pie stealer. Uh, <laughs> my wife, for those of you listening, my wife just stole a piece of Blake's pie. Um, so she didn't want to interrupt the podcast, so she just reached over. Yeah, I mean, Would you like some of mine here, dear? Take a bite. But uh, She's been sitting here being so good during the podcast. Yeah. It's so much fun. There's something to be said, though, about uh, wrestling in the world of, in our world, you know, in educational theater. Well, so. I always tell kids the first, the first actors, the first theater was, was, was shamanism. Okay. Was shamanism. <laughs> yeah. You know, people that are trying to create, you know, or these priests in the temples yeah. in Egypt, that was all theatrical. Yep. And so why not have something that's entertainment, but yet athletic in the same extent? So, so your dad never, do you know the term sm- getting smartened up? You know what that term means? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, so. getting smart enough just means like, you you know what the end of a match is supposed to be, or you know that this. Oh, is I never. Fake no, or, I never. Okay, I, but your dad never spoiled it for you and said, no, "No, this is not real, son." Well, I watched most of it by myself. He wasn't oh, okay. really into it, okay. so. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, when you're, when it's, you're, and that story stuck with you. So clearly, it was very man. impactful. No, it's you know when when you're a kid and you live in Texas and your mother happens to let you in the house in the afternoon you're either watching one of three things you're watching wrestling 
you're watching the Cubs or you're watching the Braves. I mean, yeah. that's all that was on TV, sports-wise anyway. Yeah. And then cartoons didn't come on till like three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So that's what we had. <laughs> Everybody in my town was a Cubs fan growing up because there was no other baseball on TV. Right. So, right. That's funny. And we didn't have it. I mean, we lived in a very small town. I mean, like, you know, one of the towns I lived in had 600 people in it. The other one had 2,500. So I... I told my students the other day, I was like, you realize that your high school has more people in it than yeah. my entire town did. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, that's good. What uh, What was something else that we were, that we said off mic? Um, something that stuck in my head. This is why I, I've told myself, Blake, you really need to take notes while you're talking <laughs> to these people because these talking, questions like pop. Sport? Like sports? No, no, it wasn't a sport question. It was, oh, um, I, I had, it was a question I had earlier. So the way that you were... Um, that that your dad told you it's it's a it's about the it's not about the two that you got on stage right. or anything, or maybe marching. How is that translated into your directing as a UIL director? You know, do you do you look at it more as let's have fun with this and just go out there and, and do your best, or do you do you get kind of hurt when? It, it, it depends on who I'm competing against. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, because there's been times when I know I had really good shows. I felt I had really good shows, and I felt like it didn't go the way I wanted it mm-hmm. to. Um, Is there a time it, you thought you had a not a great show and it went the opposite direction? I don't know. I've pretty much known when I had bad shows. But I mean, but it, but it surprised you and, and maybe, it advanced, advance. maybe it advanced. Maybe it advanced. You know, last year, the first year I was at Liberty Hill, we advanced with a kid that is a technician, and I knew it was a good show. <clears throat> but it got better as we advanced. Right. Um, I think I've always been realistic. This year was a re- real weird year for me because I had a show that I thought was pretty good. <clears throat> but, man, every clinician liked it, but the three judges at the right. at the thing did And that's okay. Um, and I tell the kids all the time, it's, it's three people's preference on that day. Did you feel good about your show? <clears throat> and if you did, mm-hmm. you know. Billy um, says to the kids after they come off stage, how'd you feel about the show? And they say, well, we felt like we did really good. And he said, that doesn't change if you don't advance. Yeah. You still had a good show. Yeah. Now, we, don't, we don't change our viewpoint of what happened just as we came off stage. And so I, it's just, I'm very competitive. Um, but I still try to definitely make it about the kids. Um, you know, and so, yeah. Just kind of depends. It's uh, yeah. It, I think more of it is more not necessarily about them. It's it comes back again to me. Yeah. Like what did I miss, or how did or I do not you feel like you let them down? How did I not prepare? Yeah, and it's yeah. not me letting me down because I'm my tro- my name's not on the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I let my kids down sometimes, uh, and I take that very hard. Yeah. It it takes me a while to come out of that. Um, I think that's just reality for any of us that are. I mean, Come on, we're judging art. Yeah, yeah. It it really is kind of silly when you get down to it. And we, we do and we do it at everything. We we you know we take kids and have them come and perform a monologue at thespians, and we yeah. judge that and say, is that worthy to go on to nationals? And is that worthy to go to main stage? You know, I mean, we have award shows for acting. Yeah. Um, I think one of the differences, though, with like for instance, like with the thespians, um, or at least knowing how they kind of 
train the, the adjudicators, the ones that show up to Absolutely. that, is that they say, is this going to be in six months, is this going to be up to a national standard? Right. Whereas with One Act Play, it's that moment, you that know, day. that that day, right. how well you did that day. Whereas you could see a kid at Thespians in November and say, I bet they're nervous right now, but if they just took a breath, they would just, they would knock it out right. of the park, you know? And also there's so much more variety at that, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, like, well, yeah. like you can get a Talking judge that thousands of competitions, right? Over, and you get, yeah. Like you can get somebody who just absolutely hates what you're doing that day, you know? Yeah. Like, it could be, and 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 we, and we all think all of our personal preferences enter in a lot of times when we're doing that stuff. But and that's one of the things I, I love judging group acting and group musical at at Thespians. It's fun. Yeah. Kids come in, they got energy. They want to be there. They've worked on it. You Plus, can tell. it's somewhat neutral because they do the all black thing. And exactly, yeah, yeah. there's no, there's yeah. no, there's no real design yeah. going on. If I were to walk into your classroom or, or a show you're directing, what is what is your theme? Are you um, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it micro or macro managing, but like, you know, some teachers are very hands-on, some teachers are very organic, let the kids kind of control things. Um, it depends on the, I think it depends on the class. Okay. Like for a technical 1 class, I'm a little more hands-on. Hands-on. Sure. For Tech 234, I said this is your program. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna go. It's gonna break as you, as you work at it. Yep. Um, so I give students a lot of, um, a lot of, not control, but a lot of say. Like I, we we're cleaning up our booth yesterday, um, and I walked up and I have a kid. He's a sophomore. He's fantastic. I said, Sam, what do you want to do up here? I said, I'd like to see all the lighting on this side and all the sound on this side. He goes, Okay. He goes. So he starts organizing and he says. He says, we need this and this and this. So that's the kind of kid I like. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And I said, he said, can we not let this kid in the booth because he eats up here? And I'm like, I pointed at the sign on the door and I said, that should be enough for that. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but he does anyway. I'm like, well, then that's when you come to me. Yeah. And you're not tattling. You're saying, hey, man, we've got expensive equipment up here. We have a rule that we don't need up here. Yeah. And you're breaking the rules, so you're not allowed up here anymore. You know, stuff like that. But, but when students take ownership of that yeah. and they start to – Realize that hey, I have something. I have some skin in the game. I think that makes a lot of difference for me. That's how I direct too. Yeah. I give them a lot of skin in the game. I ask. I ask lots of questions. Are you a relationship guy? I am. You very seem much. like one. I am yeah. very much. Yeah. I. Uh, in fact, well, I don't know if you know anything. Um, Austin ISD is a is a social emotional learning district. Oh, okay. So we have every Tuesday we have um, uh, circles of care with a group of kids um, in our classroom and advisory. So Do you know I, what the reason for that is? Uh, it's restorative justice. Okay. Um, you know, we have a very diverse um, district population. Yeah, I, mean, we're yeah. 50, I think we're 56% Hispanic. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I would promise you that probably all of our teachers are not. It's, yeah. not, it's not an even balance. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful district. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I really do like, we actually, actually, the teachers actually have our own circles of care within the faculty. Okay. That we meet with on what um, Austin every once in a while has a late start, so we meet with our care circles and faculty during that time and do all. So of our it's training. like a it's like a PLC, but but more of an emotional it's tie emotional. to it. Just talk about not a classroom. It's tie. Um, speak your truth, okay, and respect other people. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really and we have them all the way up through twelfth grade. So like our I have freshmen right now, and they're going to have um, they have some leaders that work with them this year. And so we um, we work that. How does how do how do kids like? Because I guess they 
right? Well, how long has that been around? Because, like, what's the buy-in for the kids? Are they, they, you've got to have some of those kids that are probably not as receptive oh, no, to it. No. Yeah. Sometimes you get, what's your favorite song? Yeah. Yep. I asked kids. I asked kids when we came back to school. What's something I need? I need you to tell me your name and something fun you did this summer. The majority I slept. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> did you get outside? No, I slept. I played video games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the culture we're dealing with, which is why we're trying to do this. But a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, we teach them lessons. Like we'll teach them a lesson about consent. Yeah. We'll teach them a lesson about you know suicide. So it's these. It's them being able to talk about those things in a safe place. Right. You know, what's, what's said in the room has to stay in the room. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm very big on relationships. I, I think that that's more valuable. Students take that away more than they yeah. take away. They won't remember what show you did in 1997, but right. they'll remember that we had fun busting a watermelon open in the parking lot afterwards. Yeah. You know, um, I just, I think I've always been that way, though, because my dad is that way. Here you go. But that was very relational with, with kids. Um, you know, I, I sit there, I sometimes be rather be around teenagers than adults, I think. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, teenagers, they'll lie to your face, but then they'll be honest the very next second, yeah. you know? They're yeah. very honest about how they feel. They're very untrustworthy when they get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so we try to, I'm, I've always said, um, I'm always trying to engage the, the prefrontal cortex, um, you know Kelsey Kling? The name. I've, you know, I know she's, the name. She's, the, she's TEA um, head of fine arts. Her husband okay. ran for Senate okay. this last time. His okay. name is Steve. I was at a campaign event for him, and he said, he said, people, stop thinking with your amygdala and start thinking with your prefrontal cortex. And when we get in a situation with kids where we're, where we're angry with them and all that we're doing is just hitting lizard brain against lizard brain, yeah. they're never going to respond to us. So we have to engage them in a really true and real way. And um, and just love on them, you know. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's what. Well, it's like going back to because I would. <clears throat> one of the things I love about questioning my kids or that that first day yeah. of getting to know yeah. them, when they say, "Oh, I slept all summer." Oh, cool. Do you have a bunk bed or like do you old school water? You know. Yeah. So I start engaging yeah. them in these questions, yeah, yeah. which is not what they they, they thought. Want, I'm going to say I'm I'm sleeping, right. and that's the end of the conversation. Right. When they say I play, vi- what what video games do you play? Are you like online playing yeah. video games? You know, are you into the the sports ones? Yep. The, yep. And so, and it get, and then they start to be like, oh man, I'm not getting out of this one. They don't realize yep. that I like to talk more. You know, like right. like I want right. to keep them going. So, well, something I do every day, um, I, I because of the way our <clears throat> our class is set up, we have to let them into one of our buildings. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I stay outside the door and greet yeah. them as they come in. Yeah. And then, um, but for my tech one classes, I've just um. um I've always I say um, a lot of times I'll walk down the hall and I'll say high five or high five or handshake which do you want you know but I fist bump all my kids as they're coming out of class I say I'm telling them to have a great day and it's just a moment um, kind of where I say I see you and another thing I do that's very a lot of people don't do they look they scan their class and take their role I call my role every day I engage every kid I say hey Sam how you doing today man yeah how's things going great and I go to the next one. It takes yeah. me a long time to do it, but I have an hour and a half, so I'm yeah. going to spend that whole time yeah. instructing to bell to bell. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Ugh. come on. And I don't think my principals expect me to. Our yeah. principals don't expect us to. Yeah. We're a project-based um, learning campus with academies. It's really so, yeah. Austin High. so too. cool, man. Yeah. i tell you. It's so cool. Um, everybody should teach at Austin High once in their life. I just want to say that. Um, 
That means you have to quit soon. <laughs> yeah. That means that means we no, we're not leaving. So um, yeah, you just have to grow. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're gonna have to come teach English or something like that. But no, uh, it's um, I don't know, man. I just I really I really think that engaging students where they are, knowing about them, trying to just greet them makes a difference in their lives. Yeah, the 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 because I do PD on this stuff a lot. The teacher has to take a step back. Sometimes teachers uh, have an ego about them. Um, you better do it my way or, or, or you're doing it wrong. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I'm the same way. I greet my kids uh, at the door, but that's not every teacher, even in my hallway, you know, because uh, computer time is in between right. classes, you know. Hey, would you rather me teach bell to bell or would you rather me go get on my computer the last five minutes and then go engage the kids when I walk through the doors? Like, Actually, if you're running a classroom, you should go be able to get on your computer the last five minutes of school or of class. Yeah. That's that's my you yeah. know mentality, and, and the same thing. My administrators are always uh, if they walk in and I'm not right in front of my kids, they don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So um, my because, kids are engaged in yeah, something. As long as there's not you know what being thrown on the walls, right. they're fine. Absolutely, man. Uh, and even then, maybe that's what I directed them to do, and just teaching them a lesson about being directable. Yeah. <laughs> There you so, go. <laughs> Who's so, cleaning yeah. that up? The freshmen are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's fun for your for your tech classes. Uh, do you ever take engagement time other than uh, doing roll call every day? Do you put the do you put the building aside the hanging lights so, to just check in with so them? So our tech one kids because there are classes in the theater don't often get over. It's more of an sure. overview. Um, and I, I know some places that tech kid ones don't touch a tool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring wood and tools over to the room that we teach in yeah. um, to kind of help them learn some things. And we'll go over and paint and everything. But most of our building's done with our advanced kids. Right. Um, I'd have to switch places with, with one of my colleagues. Let's sure. just set it up. Which would mean, we'll have production meetings next week and we'll set that up so we can get those kids in there. They right. need to be in there. Um, you know, I can go on. We have a, also have a pack. I can go in and do lights and stuff. But I mean, like with your, you know, because tech kids are, are typically in, more introverted. Oh. Uh, do you do things that help them become a little more extroverted? Or, well, yeah. They have to do presentations, you yeah. know. Um, and I, make, I make them talk to me just like you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, we're not going to. I need, I need an answer from yeah. you. Can you come back to me? I will. Yeah. But I need an answer from you. I play games with them. Okay. Um, I think that's lost a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, just. Well, I don't play theater games, so I play like a card game. Or oh something yeah, like well, we play. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of the game Pit, but no. we've already played it once this year. We've only been in school for a week and a half, but uh, we had some downtime because half the class was at an assembly, right. and I'm not one of these teachers that's going to try and catch up the kids right, that right, weren't right, there, right. right? Yeah. Unless their ab the absence is different, but so uh, the kids were just kind of sitting there, and they're like, "Minor, do you have any card games?" So yeah, I've got this one. It's called Pit. It's a it's a Wall Street game where you have corn and you have uh, barley and you have wheat and all this stuff and you try to and you're trading you know <laughs> blindly trading you're saying yeah. i've got three i've got three and you yeah. you know the other person has three and you trade wheat for barley yeah. and uh whoever is the first to nine of an entire hand an entire suit if you will uh rings the rings the bell and they get those points wow. and so but it's a loud engaging just it's a you're practically punching each other in the face because you're crossing each you know you got eight people around a table and you're trading and 
uh, and there's a bear and you don't want the bear. <laughs> so when you, you know, somebody gives you the bear, you can see it in the person's face. You're like, oh, they just got the bear. Don't trade with it. You know? <laughs> so, but we play, yeah, we, that kind of stuff though is, is a little team building uh, to me. You know, yeah. I, I don't have a problem. Yeah, I, I used to think when I first started teaching, what, hap- what would happen if an administrator walked in here right now to grade me on, you know, to do my T-test or back then, whatever, it was PDOS right. or whatever. Right. Um, I used to think, what, what would happen if they saw this? And now I know exactly how I'd sell it, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, like, this is, my, this is a way of team building. Like, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, we've got to trust each other if I'm going to be holding a piece of wood steady while they're using a drill that can slip out of the screw, you know, yeah. like, uh, or if they're hammering a, na- you know, yeah, which we don't have a lot of nails and we don't do hammers <laughs> and nails, but screws, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's you got to be able to trust those kids. So, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, we are at Royer's Roundtop Cafe in Roundtop, <laughs> Texas. So a little, little shout out there it's, for my yeah. friend Bud Royer and his family. It is. If you've never been, it is genuinely delicious. Yes. Uh, and if you like. Uh, fire hazards. It's also <laughs> <laughs> could be. I, don't think, I wonder if the fire marshal even comes in here. No, there's a lot of paper. In Maybe it. for lunch, but yeah. Uh, your classroom would not. Your your last classroom would not make it. Yeah, 18 inches from the from the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, but <laughs> and a lot of a lot of history. But here. if you are a theater teacher and you're looking for that specific <laughs> antique, this is the place to come, man. Come to town and check it out. If you're from Houston or Austin. Um, yeah, it's come uh, on down. Even if, yeah, even even if, like, in, I, I'm sure Brenham folk come here. I, you've oh, got to yeah. think that they come here quite often, but they just opened a new cafe in Brenham. Yeah, now. so yeah. called Alamo, right? The Alamo Diner, yeah. Alamo Diner. It's on Alamo Street. I think that's why. Oh, it's... okay. I was gonna say, not the most unique name for a Texas establishment, but I guess we'll uh, roll with it if it's on Alamo Street. Yeah. Oh yeah, do you <clears throat> do you cook? I do. What's your favorite thing to cook? And then I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing is for him to cook. <laughs> um, I actually enjoy cooking mussels in oh, a white okay. wine sauce. Like steaming them and steaming yeah. mussels, yeah. yeah. Pretty good, pretty good recipe of that. Um, see, I like see, I like cooking seafood. Okay. As opposed to where do you get it? Whole Foods, man. Okay. <laughs> Only because it's really, really fresh. Our band director calls it calls it whole paycheck. It is whole paycheck. <laughs> it, it is a whole paycheck. Um, but yeah, that's about the only thing we get from there. It's seafood. That, yeah, that and oatmeal. Amity Amity goes there on Saturdays for breakfast to get the oatmeal. You can buy it. By the, you know, there's a cycling class in Whole Foods. Oh, okay. Like next, next. Okay, I got you. Well, you know, my wife and I one time, because um, I, I know you can understand where I'm coming from when I say this, but, you know, we had a date night, but we had no idea what we wanted to do, and we ended up at Whole Foods, at, sitting at the bar, and she was trying different wines, and I was trying different yeah. beers, and very underrated uh, place to go to just have adult time, you know, yeah. is just go sit at the Whole Foods bar. What is What do you think is the most useless fact? <laughs> the most useless musical theater fact Or that no, I just know. any fact Not necessarily the musical theater I mean, it can be But the most, the most useless, useless fact, fact that, that you know. know Like a good bar trivia Like, you, you know Comes up on the screen You're like, wait, no I actually know that Wow That's a really hard question Now, that if, if somebody had thrown the fact up there I probably would have been like yeah. Hey, I know that Yeah 
Um, or has there, like, okay, I'll, I'll, while you think about it, yeah. there was a time when uh, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings almost weekly with some friends to do trivia. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. I think it was Tuesdays or something huh? like that. But And uh, we got there early and uh, were not intending to do NASCAR trivia, which is what they had up on the screen yeah, yeah. while we were waiting to do our trivia. And I won. <laughs> so I felt, I not only was I proud, but I was like, this is, why do I know this information? I was sitting there kind of disappointed in myself that I, I knew these pieces of inf uh, the, the information that they were flashing up there. But at the same time, I was, I was like, well, I mean, I know it. I guess put it to good use. I know lots of stuff about Bob Fosse. I was just going to say, what about a crazy Bob? <clears throat> so, like, you know, <clears throat> he was not a good person. Right. <laughs> And he did his wives and wrong, wrong most times. But I think the most amazing thing about him was, um, in spite of all that, created just amazing art. But I think um, just like stories about when he's trying to make movies and he's just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and it's never going to be right. It's never going to be good enough. Um, I mean, most of the stuff, if you watch Fosse Verdon, like, I, I had read a biography about him. I know all that stuff. But, like, you know, for example, he had lunch every day with <clears throat> Patty Krzyzewski at the Carnegie Deli in the same booth. And the Carnegie Deli owner would bring out white napkins and silverware for them <laughs> to eat their food with. But every day. Um, there was another guy, I think, that was in that group. But, <clears throat> but so, um, and a lot of people don't know that he, he when this was brought out in that show, but when he... When Patty asked him to tap dance at his funeral, if he went before Bob, because Patty thought there's no way on earth I'm going to die before Bob Fosse. Right. And then when he did, and Bob did a soft shoe at his <laughs> at the temple there at his um, at his funeral, and that's just kind of an interesting thing. Um, and I and and that took me down the rabbit hole of watching like. Network right. and all those great Padachevsky movies that he wrote those scrounge. So screenplays why, why Bob Fosse? What, just, what attracted you? I think you to I'm just uh, I'm, Pippin is my favorite musical. It's just brilliant. Okay. I think it's see we very, could probably do another hour long on yeah. on Pippin. I mean, I love Pippin. It's fairly it's very underrated. Yeah. I think um, there's so many ways you could do it. Um, and I'm just I I I like reading about people who I think are genius, but I want to know why their geniuses yeah. and so I feel like he was tortured yeah I feel like you know he didn't have a good upbringing good childhood which which basically ruined him yeah but yet created what we see but he killed himself yeah. you know he basically drank and drugged himself to death which is sad um and I'm always trying to tell kids let's separate the artist from the art right um because if we don't then we'll never have any art because there's a lot of bad people oh, that yeah. make art and so I don't know. I'm just I'm. I've read biographies. I've watched film. I'm just. Um, it's fascinating because he was not a very talented dancer. And, yeah. But yet we have a whole choreography based on what he did. He it, he wouldn't say he's a talented dancer. No. Yeah. But he he's literally the most replicated choreographer Absolutely. Absolutely. of all time. Absolutely. Well, and, I don't, I don't and think he was a genius. And, yeah. And if you haven't watched Fosse Verdon, Michelle Michelle Williams will win the Tony, I mean the Tony, the Grammy, the Emmy, Emmy. It's one of those awards. She won the Emmy because She'll win one of them. her mouth, when she holds her mouth, it looks like Gwen Verdon. I mean, yeah. and I've I've done a lot of research. I mean, like I've, we've 
I've been a part of Pippin. I've been a part of Sweet Charity as far as shows. I love Sweet Charity. What did That's you a, play in Pippin? I did, I did direct. I oh. tech directed. Okay. I, t- I would I would have wanted to play the leading player probably. Well, I don't yeah. dance very well. I yeah. probably end up playing Pippin because he didn't have to dance very much. But yeah. you know, or the king or King Charlemagne or something. I don't. I wouldn't have baritone, man. I was the tenor, so <laughs> I want to sing Corner of the Sky, man. Come on, beautiful show. Minor wind.